Hello, welcome to True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? I am well, my friend. How are you? Good. You know, David, we are often prescient on this show, uh, mostly due to things that you know and say about the game of basketball. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll drop a few gems in there. And at the end of our show on Thursday, I said, all right, by Monday's show, all three games will be played. Will either be 1-1, 2 whatever. I was doing all the math, and I was like, 4-3-0. And then I said, eh, no series will be 3-0. And then I quickly caught myself and said, well, this is the NBA after all. So, of course, that could happen. Anything can happen. David, here we are. Both conference finals matchups are 3-0. The Miami Heat uh, last night uh, in Game 3 at home dismantled the Boston Celtics and have a commanding 3 to none series lead. You know, I had the feelings when watching that game last night, David, similar to what I felt about the 76ers in game seven in the prior round against the Celtics. I'm like, you're down 0-2. This was not an elimination game, but it was essentially a game that if we lose this, our season's basically over. And I just did not like what I saw from Boston. Now, I'm giving Miami credit, of course, but Boston, to me, once the Heat were on their barrage of hitting shots, it just looked like it It took everything away from them. And you, you cut to the, the huddle and they kept mentioning, you know, uh, Al Horford's in the chair talking to the team. And I'm like, are they even listening? I, I see guys just like looking like, man, shell-shocked. Like, how are we here and how are we getting our rear ends kicked right now? Well, first of all, you used the word, you said the word prescient, and I'm just a basketball coach. So I don't really know what that means, <laughs> but I do, I do think you were saying we we decent at seeing the future sometimes. Yes. Well, supposedly I'm pretty smart basketball guy. I've, I've been doing this now. I've I've just I always forget that I my first two players that got that I trained that got drafted was in the year 2000. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had two second round picks drafted in the year 2000. So this is 23 years for me now. Well, this so-called genius said Boston has a better chance to win in four or five than Miami does in seven. Correct. You said that. I said that um, I still thought after game one, the, I thought Denver was fine. I did not think that the Lakers had found some kind of secret. Great. But I also thought it still could go seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both series might be over quickly. Denver obviously expects to win this one. Yeah. The reality is the game was over. The series was over if you look at math. Uh, with 5.44 left to play in the second quarter of game three, when uh, I may have been Gabe Vincent made two free throws to put the heat up 20. I just sent you that stat. Mm-hmm. Miami is like, whatever, 13-0, maybe 10-0 mm-hmm. when we're up by 20 or more. Boston, 0-10 da- uh, thir- oh when they're down by 20 or more this season. Now, in most cases, I would guess that 20-point margin was later in the game. Still, math is math. And uh, boy, how did it, steamroll like that so um the reality is it's easy to say oh the team quit and there's no leadership but i think some of those things are accurate but having mostly been on the side of the winning team but mm-hmm. definitely sometimes being on the side of the losing team including in games that i wanted to win as opposed to some game in november when i was a high school coach where i don't care what happens we're gonna learn from this um sometimes you just you run out of ideas and it is 
like jumping into, have you ever jumped in a, I, what am I asking you for? <laughs> of course, you've jumped into freezing cold water before. Of course. So the, the, your lungs compress, the air comes out of your body. Well, that's kind of what it's like sometimes when you, you just, you just don't have, you have to stop the bleeding. You're out of, and by, by the time you start gathering your wits about you, it's 25. Like, game's over. Game over. But that's what happened last night. I mean, in the third quarter, uh, do you remember the first Celtics basket? You'll remember when I tell you. Uh, I don't, but tell me. Marcus Smart took the yes. ball away from the Heat and got an yes, end one. correct. Yep, yep, yep. Ooh, okay. <laughs> got, it, got it on a 12, I believe. I was like, ooh, it might get the 10. Down, yeah, they were down to 15 and a half. I'm, I watched the game last night with uh, an NBA coach mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, who came over to my house. He was in town visiting people. And um, we're like, all right, that's a Marcus Smart thing. Here we go. I, I don't care who won the game. I want to see a competitive game. Mm-hmm. Mostly I just want to hear my super smart friend talk smart things about basketball <laughs> and games that mattered. And uh, and even even a couple minutes in, you know, Tatum makes a three. Mm-hmm. It looked like Jalen okay. Brown had a really good, strong drive to the rim. Some things are happening. They couldn't solve Miami's offense at all. No. And um, Gabe Vincent busts a three at the top of the key in transition. And so you look at it like Caleb Martin killed them in game two. Mm-hmm. Gabe Vincent, 29 in game three. I mean, 25 mm-hmm. by Martin in game two. Mm-hmm. Duncan Robinson, too. Awesome. Duncan Robinson, 20-plus last night. Mm-hmm. That wasn't on the scouting report. Like, basically, <laughs> I can imagine the scenario where the Celtics coach is saying, hey, if we lose to Gabe Vincent making threes or Caleb Martin, we're going to lose. Well, And so when that's happening, they're going to lose. that's the equivalent of jumping in freezing cold water. Like, oh, my God, it's happening. What do we do now? How do we pivot? And now we got to chase. This isn't game one or two. You're chasing now after three losses. I mean, history says it's over, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, I, I don't think it's – I know people are trying to say it's, there's a big picture going on. The best I can understand it, Gerard, is I don't think – I don't know anything, but I know something, if you know what I mean by that. Jalen yeah, Brown, I don't think he wanted to go back to Boston. Yes, we've well, been saying that all season. Some, well, I was saying it late in the season. Some very – uh, uh, obvious Boston Celtics media fans mm-hmm, mm-hmm. were really lobbying for, for Jalen Brown to get All-NBA. Which he did. I don't think he deserved it. He got it. They did it because they knew the Celtics then could keep him. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder if he's like, oh, I'm fucked either way. I make an enormous amount of money. And if you know Jalen Brown, he seems like he's a man of principle. And nobody could argue that he isn't if he took that kind of money. That's generational right. wealth. Right. That is, that is his great-grandchildren will have college paid for, will never know hunger, and they'll have no idea his dad played for whomever. They won't know any of it. It's hard to say he's oh, wrong right for taking generational wealth. Right. I, in fact, I'll argue that he's not wrong. You say yes to the money, and then you figure it out, right? So, uh, but there is the concern. I thought Jason Tatum, he ran out of gas last year. He was otherworldly in the end of game six and then of game seven. Mm-hmm. 63 points in 45 minutes, as we've discussed. He's been pretty good in this yeah, series. Right. They needed more, more than pretty good. Yeah, they need to seemed, Right, right. He seemed just kind of absent from a, a voice standpoint. And, yeah. I, and I spoke to, I spoke about this before, and I wrote about this. The Nuggets have a voice. Yes. In Jokic, for sure. Very He's clear. their voice. And Miami has a voice in Jimmy. Although Correct. I think Kyle Lowry and you, Don, and Spo, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Spo, yeah, the coach for sure. We're going to get to Spo. 
<laughs> I know we're gonna get this. Oh, we're, oh, we're, oh, we we'll get ransacked if we don't. But um, I I do. I mean, to your you just said Al Horford. I love Al Horford. He's a Gator. Back when I cared about the Gators, mm-hmm. um, I just don't think he's that guy. No, no. To to gal- I mean, they'll listen to him. They respect him. I'm sure. Of course, they're asking about. Hey, what do you think of this investment? How, what about this real estate portfolio? How do I better defend this pick and roll action? Right. I, I think, but to galvanize them and to, to, in a sense, throw them in a bucket of cold water, wake them up. Right. I just don't think he's that guy. And Tatum didn't even bother trying. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're like, okay, we're done. Yeah. We were out of ideas. We're done. Yeah. And that's on probably on the coach as much as anyone. So let's go there. Uh, Missoula, and of course, I am agreeing 100% with what you're saying. Yeah. Missoula is, been a, has been a lightning rod the last yeah. – I mean, really, it's been whispering around Boston for a large – late, late half of the season when they started sort of like what we thought was coasting, right? We're like, look, they've been the number one team in net rating all year. Maybe they're just getting themselves coasting, getting ready for the, for the postseason, right? They come out in round one against um, – who are they playing in round one? Who, 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 uh, uh Boston, yeah. They played the uh, Atlanta the Haw- Hawks, yeah, Sorry, who beat yeah, Miami Hawks. like a drum, yes, yes, in Miami. And we're like, all right, they win, okay, Miami kind of, you know, the Hawks kind of come in and win again. We're like, oh, okay, but they do that. And then the Sixers series, who you we thought you thought have been good all year, but we're like, why do they keep doing this thing where they're clearly of the better team, but they for inexplicable reasons just stop playing, they run out of ideas, what have you. And they just lose. But then they're like, all right. And it closed that game on the road, game six. They won in the last minutes, dominated game seven. We're like, all right, they're, 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 they're doing okay. But in this series, I mean, two games on their home floor, they lose, right? So that's already alarm bells are off, right? We're the, we're the higher seed. We have home court. We lost our first two at home. Heightened sense of awareness to come out for game three, right? Because we cannot go down 0-3. And again, punch in the mouth. To your point, scouting report, Gabe Vincent's hitting shots. Well, if that happens, we're going to lose. David, the psychology of winning four straight, the reason why it hasn't happened in this sport, and it's happened very free, very rarely in the others, if the other team won three straight, it's likely because in this sample size, they're just better than you right now. And so the odds of you now turning it around and getting in your head, we can defeat them four straight times, the belief is not there. Because even though coaches want to say it's one at a time, one possession, you know what is in front of you. Okay, that may be true, coach, but I have to win four of these if we want to save our season. And that task and that that lead seems insurmountable. And I don't know if Missoula can get to them. Now, if it was reverse, I'm not saying he would and he, they would do it. But if he, if Spo was selling his guys that, I know they'd believe it. Whether it happened or not, I don't, that's a different story. But they'd believe whatever that guy's selling them. And I just don't know that the Celtics are buying whatever Missoula's selling. Yeah, I want to be clear that um, I, I don't think Missoula should be fired. I, no, we're, some, not, we're not saying anything like yeah, that. No, you're not. But people are. I, I think that's more than reactionary. It's radical. Uh, unless there's something behind the scenes I'm not aware of. We don't know. Right. I, I don't know him. I've spoken to uh, people who I know very well who say very good things about him just as a person. Good guy. This is the worst coach he'll ever be. Mm-hmm. This is Same as Darvin Ham. This mm-hmm. is the worst they'll ever be. How much they grow, different story. Right. But it's impossible to imagine they won't get at least somewhat better. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, Joe Mazzulla was, I thought, a big part of them beating Philadelphia in game six and seven mm-hmm. because he just breathed spirit into Jason Tatum. Yep. He just trusted him. Uh, uh, they're up against a different animal now. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, – forgive me for saying this again, but 
when I was a young coach, at some point I realized, and maybe it was all false bravado because I was trying to keep my girlfriend happy and make her think I could make some money one day so she'd stay, continue to date me. Uh, and that would be, you know, like her wife, obviously. I've been with her ever since I started coaching. I used to always say to myself, oh, it's six on five because I'm crushing that other motherfucker coaching. Mm. I really made it personal. The difference is in JV basketball and Pinellas County in the <laughs> 1980s, it really was six on five because most of those dudes, it was just a job to make an extra 500 bucks a year or whatever. Right. This was my whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I decided to coaching, it was just that coaching basketball and Chrissy. That was it pretty much mm-hmm. in my life. I had nothing else and no money for sure. Um, well, we don't see that kind of advantage in the NBA very clearly, very often. Uh, we're seeing it now. Yeah. This is this is a guy at the top of his coaching game. Who, and this is not, not, not even fair to Joe Missoula. Right. I mean, Eric Spolster has been in how many finals? I feel this way about right. Ty Lue. Yeah. Um, Ty, Ty's got his issues. Uh, but, I mean, what was it, four straight NBA finals? Mm-hmm. 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 You're well, a assistant coach, head coach. Like, my goodness, are you learning yeah. a lot? What an unbelievable! It's like going to Harvard Law School, uh, where you ha- you can't fail. You have to stay there and learn. Mm-hmm. What an education that must be, for sure. And so, Spoh's got a whole bunch of that, winning and losing. Yep. Not to mention all the other playoff games that he's gone through. Well, you you, you talk about it with players, reference points, right? Yeah, the right. Vets have it because Jeez, they, yes. well, coaches have it too, right? It works for the same sure. for them. Yeah. So he has been in just about every possible scenario. And let's not forget, guys. This team was in the same position last year, and they lost Game 7 to the Boston Celtics, right, in the conference finals. So, I mean, and for Jimmy to come, you know, and and Jimmy said it after this. He's like, you know, we'll be back next year, and we'll get it done. And my God, they are one game away from getting it done. I thought something was interesting, talking about Spo now, and just how brilliant he is. He said this uh, after the game, and this is about Gabe Vincent specifically. It's his assertiveness and aggressiveness in reading the game. I thought he had as much impact and put his fingertips on the winning game too, as he did tonight. One of the games he had four points, another game he had 29. And he has the emotional stability to, you know, he sees guys like Jimmy and Bam who are the perfect role models. Coming in as a young player, it's about impacting winning. And sometimes it's about making the right play and doing it on both ends of the court. That's tough to do as a young player because so much is celebrated on just that last number on the box score. And that last number on the box score, as we all know, is how many points you scored in a game. And this is at the heart of what, basically your entire profession and life has been built around this idea of player development and yes scoring points are of course important like you can't win if you don't score points everybody knows that but how those points come about and how you were able to score them and how you win games so many more things go into that and Gabe Vincent I love that 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 point by Spo. like yeah he scored 29 tonight but I thought he had a great impact in game two he just didn't score 29 right the ways in which you're able to, and we have metrics for that, right? Like Kyle Lowry, right? He was not some 25 point per game scorer, but he was killing him plus minus all the time. So somebody saw, well, whenever he's on the floor, this team tends to do well and win. That is a skill. We have to figure out how to get that and harness that. And Spo and the Heat do that better than just about anybody other team in the league. I, while I'm talking here for a minute, because uh, I'm so long-winded, as as detractors of me as have written <laughs> over the years on podcasts. Uh, can you look up how old Gabe Vincent is for yeah. me? Be 25, 26, maybe? Uh, yeah, because he's, tw- uh, he's in that 2018 draft, so 26. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, you, well, you just read that about Spo. Uh, the two words that really caught me is impact winning. That's the uh, name of the game. In, in player development, I've said this many times to young coaches that I talk to whenever. Um, 
I am not, even though I supposedly kind of invented the business or maybe definitely did invent it, um, I, I never call myself a skill development guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not a trick shot artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always felt like families would continue to give me $25 a week, which is all I charged back in 1993 when I started this, if I could help their players impact winning because that meant they got more playing time uh, for their team. JV, I was coaching JV and varsity players in high school, yep. mostly boys. Um, impact winning. I give that same speech. I've not grown one bit when it comes to that. This is a battle to learn how to win possessions. What can you do to help your team win possessions? And that might mean scoring. It definitely means screening. It definitely means making the right pass at the right time. Uh, It means not only do you need to know uh, what you're supposed to do defensively, it's executing it. We'll get to... Denver Lakers in a minute, but they flubbed Hachimura, AD, Dennis Schroeder once flubbed major possessions defensively in the fourth quarter. Just just bad communication led to giving up the shot they should not have wanted to give up. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like you gave up a bad shot and they made it. Right, That's happening in games all the time, but these sure. weren't those. And it was a nip and tuck game. I mean, LA actually had a lead pretty late in that game and then just folded at the end. This is a th- This impact winning thing it's just it's the it's the absolute core of our of our teaching curriculum. Uh, scoring is just one small part of that, and I think and I'm writing an article as you know this week. Mm-hmm. We're going to dive into Spo, Miami Heat, and drafting because mm-hmm. obviously their team has. I mean, their best player was drafted 30th. Uh, their second best player was 13th in the uh, 14th. I think Bam 14th. was last. Yeah. Tyler Hero, their third best player during the regular 13th. season. Mm-hmm. Went thirteenth and has not played. Correct. Last night, their highest pick, Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. That was two twenty years ago. Right. Yeah. He, like, he ain't that player now. Like, I think. Kev, I think Kevin. I'm almost positive. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think Kevin Love followed Cream Blue Bar at UCLA. <laughs> <laughs> like, that dude's been around, you know. Like I think his pictures were black and white in his first ever season. Um, <laughs> And he got hurt four minutes into the game yeah. uh, and didn't play again. They're missing Oladipo. The highest rated, I think mm-hmm. Oladipo went two. Yes, two or three. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. two, I'm almost sure. Uh, maybe behind Kyrie. I don't remember who was number, two, yeah, who was number one that year. Sure. It, seemed, it seems that maybe after, it wasn't Kyrie. That's a long time. Kyrie might have been um, uh, not yep, as old. He was, he was a two-pick and that's a 2013 draft. Yeah, uh, I don't remember it was number yep, one. Yep. So, like, how are they doing it? Well... They got a whole bunch of guys that they have helped. Huh. And that's the Anthony Bennett track. Anthony, Anthony Bennett, right, right. He should have gotten more probably that one. So so Spolstra has taken what I think is a moderately decent scouting group in Miami. Mm-hmm. And I only say that because I don't think they've done a great job of, of grabbing talent. However, to their defense, they're clearly understanding how to grab the right kind of guy for how they play. Mm-hmm. And, and they let Team Spolstra, it's not just Eric, Mm-hmm. Coach those guys up. The GMs get uh, Pat Raleigh. The executives get tremendous credit. Andy Ellsberg, yep, mm-hmm. for letting Spo do what he does, backing him totally. As the NBA coach said to me last night, and I said to you guys this morning in our morning call, has anyone read anything regarding Spolstra's job security when Miami was underachieving this season? Never. It's his job. He can stand up to Jimmy Butler. He did, I think, it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and so they that that helps. Everyone not knows it's it's on us, and and we're, they're not going to. Uh, it's like um, you hear Seinfeld talk about how at NBC, when the network gives notes 
It just is like they don't they know nothing about comedy. Right. They don't they're not they think they're in the same business as us. They're not. Right. And they left Seinfeld alone and look what happened. That's what the Miami Heat are. They're basically, I may write this, Miami Heat are the Jerry Seinfeld of, uh, of NBA teams. Uh, Pat Raleigh just lets them do their thing. Yeah. He lets Bo and yeah. the guys do their thing. And uh, boy, is it look beautiful to watch. And we should not, we, we, it's a mistake to just assume Boston won't recover. Man, they've been through this a lot. They've only made one finals. They've been to five finals mm-hmm. with much of the core the same. And Smart, and obviously, and certainly, and Brown and Tatum. Uh, Horford's been in for, for some of it. They've got some work to do. They have a talented a team. Work. <laughs> they they uh, they had a couple of plays I thought last night, Gerard, where they ran back on defense. They didn't race back with purpose, mm-hmm. and they allowed easy shots. Yep. They were already down 15, 18, whatever, 20, but there was a sign that we're done. And so, like I said, with 5.44 to go, second quarter, losing by 20, they, the series is over right then. And when you are down like that, David, you're not going to get it back offensively. You got to get stops on the other end, right? Like, so running back on defense is no, you have to race back. You, no transition. No, 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 no. It's with purpose, with yeah. purpose. Like, so in other words, Grant Williams on, on, a, on a huge play where, where Gabe Vincent made a 20, I made a three, I think to, to put him might be 23 at the top of the key. Grant Williams ran back, didn't race, but he didn't run to anyone. He just ran. Right. No, you have to race with purpose to the shooter. No one else, like how Horford stayed back to protect the rim. Someone's got to guard the shooter. Like you, that's what we talk about a lot is, is having a, spe- a specificity. Specificity. Thank you. You're a professional. I'm just a coach. You got to have that. Like you really have to have an exact point to what you're doing. Otherwise, you're just running as fast as possible on a treadmill. Yeah. You're not getting anything done. Yeah. <laughs> and so they just didn't have it. And I mean, Missoula blamed himself. I mm-hmm. think. Uh, rightfully so, from a leadership standpoint. Don't point right. fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the way Malone did early this in the po- this season, although it worked out so far good for Mike, but it's not just on Missoula. Right. Like we shouldn't have to tell the these professionals. These are experienced professionals. Like we need a better effort and a better awareness to detail. Well, and I think that is where the feeling, David, about the Sixers came in while I was watching this because. Yeah. Boston was in the finals last year. You had a lead. You could have won the championship last year. There's no guarantee you're going to make it back again ever. Like that's not how this works. Like you, somebody gets hurt, whatever. Who knows? So uh, the urgency and the specificity. Now you got me doing it. The specificity. I can't even do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> specificity, right? Like it is. I'm like, what is happening right now? Why are you guys like? As you said, running without purpose, not identifying shooters to pick up in transition. Like, it's like, oh, we're just kind of hanging out. Like, no, we, we, do you not remember the pain of losing the NBA finals last year? Is that already gone out your brain? Can't be. Can't be. I think, I think that um, we, we always have to remember. Well, first of all, we said this earlier on too. Um, the Sixers series could have taken a lot out of them. It's fair to say that. Sure. It's fair, games. it's fair to guess that. Uh, and it's a hell of a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Spolstra coaching the Sixers, they're winning 94 games. <laughs> I'm just being saying, I'm just saying, nothing against Zach Rivers. He ain't no Spo. Right. He, he maybe was with Spo's age. I don't know, but he isn't now. Right. Um, I think that uh, they've run into a buzzsaw, a team that's just playing out of their minds. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're solving 
problems on both ends. Yeah. And so that's the thing is they're making it tougher on Boston offensively. And they're making it, they're, they're just finding a way to score, shooting well, multiple attacks, scoring efficiently, productively. Uh, they're, they're really a, a locked in. I, I think they're the favorites for the championship now. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. I thought too, at, so end of the second when they, I think it was 12 or 13 when they got it down to then, right? And then when they kind of tried to make the little run beginning of the third, I thought in those six and a half minutes or so, the Celtics were getting good shots. A lot of yeah. them were open. They just missed them. Yeah. So I wonder if they make some, like what, what happens then? Look, they missed every single one. They probably didn't, but it seemed like they missed every single one. That's the, that's, that's the issue with Miami's offense now is the, the Miami has not had this offense much of the year. And so when they went through, when you couldn't score against their defense, you didn't pay a penalty because they couldn't score either. Right. And, and now it's, it's a barrage. It's the reverse. Yeah. It's just all of a sudden you just wake up and, oh my God, we're down. I mean, I, I, I think the Celtics were down, let's say 10 or 11, and it was a struggle second quarter. Uh, I, uh, my, my friend came over and I, I knew my dog had, I'd not seen him in a long time and needs to say hello to him because my wife was ready for bed. And I want my dog barking loudly. He's a, he's a, he's a mean dog if he doesn't know you. And I love it. Yeah. I'm going to be alone in a week for 10 days and I got a partner. Yeah. And we have an alarm system and everything too, but, and video cameras everywhere. But this but no, guy, no substituting Wilson. Wilson's going to take a chunk out of you if you fuck around here. But I think anyway, but anyway, so I walked him outside. My friend was on the phone. I peed him. He's like, yeah, how's the game going? I said, oh, like 10 or 11 points. Came back 18. <laughs> I wouldn't go on that long. He'd, he'd, he'd pee very long. Uh, this, is, this is a team just, it's like a waterfall. You can't yeah. stop it. Yeah. And, and, and you know, Butler always has a solution. Mm-hmm. And so because of it, you, you like a couple of times the Celtics caught really overhelping. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was a Gabe Vincent three at the top of the key where uh, Horford was in the lane. Whoever was guarding Butler and Marcus Smart dove way too far mm-hmm. and gave Vincent a wide open three. It was just a mistake. You don't need three on him. That's that's the pressure of the of the of the responsibility of trying to slow him down. Did you notice that I thought that the Celtics had a couple possessions where they had some success on their double on Butler, forced them into some turnovers, but they didn't go back to it. And when they when they did go back to it, they didn't do they didn't time it right. So on one of the doubles where they got the turnover, the, it was like almost perfect timing on the double. The double came right when he was going into his move. But the next, next time they did it, too late. He's already got two feet in the paint. I was like, no, guys, it's too late now. Like you're, and you're too, many, too much ground to cover. He sees where it's coming from. Like, What do you think their inability to continue that doubling at the right pace think, and timing and right. all that stuff? Without studying it, like what you just said, what I've been watching is uh, all a credit to Miami's offense because um, early in the series, I thought they're overreacting to Kayla Martin. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, no, they were reacting just fine. He's, he's become a hell of a threat. They overreacted to Duncan Robinson. I mean, in this game, Duncan Robinson had a kick out three mm-hmm. and a lob dunk Yep, because uh, they were so panicked about Duncan scoring. And so they gave up five points because of it, where I think they should have played more square and not giving up those easy passes, make him finish shots. But he's been killing it. It's like Steph Curry effect. Mm-hmm. Same as Gabe Vincent. So I think part of the problem is these guys are a step off, a millisecond slow, and, and 
because they're unsure because everyone seems weaponized and successful mm-hmm. at it. And so it's just, it's, it's, it's hard for them to, to get off that foundation of, um, I know what I have to give up. I'm going to give up, give this up to take that away. Right. They don't want to give up, but they've been totally give up because it's, it's not working. It's working. Yeah. Yeah. The other team's scoring. Right. Yeah. It's working for them, not for you. That's what I think. Um, David, so are you saying that when all five guys are weaponized, that works better than individual isolation basketball? Is that, is that what you're saying? David? I'm saying that of course, and, and uh, they're not just standing still. Correct. Yeah. There's, there's, they set screens with purpose. There's a Miami always had a good mixture. I thought of how they attack and, but it's, it's going to go through Jimmy. If it doesn't, it's going through uh double single doubles for Duncan and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, they've got a beautiful pick and roll mixture in there. They got a couple of easy shots out of that. And they're just right now they're clicking mm-hmm. and Boston's been unable to break up their rhythm. One of the things I love about uh, getting to work with David is um, obviously all his basketball knowledge, but it comes in different ways on this podcast. When I talk to him one-on-one, we have group calls, whatever. One of the other ways I get great knowledge from David is I'm on a group chat with players and coaches that he, you know, mentors and teaches things to. And so he sends clips in these chats and they're always about interesting things that players need to work on or coaches need to, Hey, your players need to be thinking about these kinds of things. Freeze fake, shot fakes, all these important things that you, when you watch a game, you see, and great players have, and you're like, oh man, can we just for a 30 seconds, 45 seconds, wax on Jimmy Butler's shot fake and his jump stops. And because to me, anybody who can learn can be taught how to do those things. And he does them so well and so brilliantly. And it, it works every single time. Oh, let's shot fake, foul, right? Like jump stop, here it comes. It's, it's a beautiful work of art watching him do these things. It's funny that you wanted to bring that up. I saw in the document is that when I was talking to my NBA coaching friend last night, um, who knows my curriculum pretty well, uh, he said that. He's like, <laughs> Jimmy Butler made a fake, and he's like, Coach, you know, he must be your favorite player. I said, why do you say that? He's like, because no one on the planet has ever coached fakes more than you. He said, no one's ever written an article strictly <laughs> on fakes like you did for True two weeks ago, which is true, I did. <laughs> Although I did leave out the greatest line of all time. I'm such an idiot. I said it in our conversations, but I left out that with with the exception of some time and score situations where you had to shoot at, the, at a shot clock violation or a, a vice would occur, every shot that's been blocked should have been a fake. Mm. Yeah. It just, I don't know how I didn't come up with that uh, in the article because I'm stupid, but that is a smart <laughs> thing. If you're going to, if you're going to get blocked, you should have faked clearly or just not even shot period. Um, Butler is just under control. It's all about slowing down. It's all about slowing down. And then because you're slowing down, you start thinking of ways to create space and opportunities for yourself. Fakes is one of those ways. Mm-hmm. Freeze fakes, shot fakes are, are two of those ways to throw off the rhythm and timing of the defender. And um, also, and I put this in the virtual library you're talking about, mm-hmm. it also allows you, in fact, I used my, I think the example I used, the most recent one was Gabe Vincent getting to mm-hmm. the second box yes, in game two. Correct. He does a nice little, uh, little more like a shot fake than a freeze fake. It shoots the jumper. It doesn't just throw the defender's, defender's timing off. It allows you to gather yourself, get yourself balanced, yes. and then regrip the ball if you might need to regrip the ball. We always tell our players, if you catch it kind of funny, don't shoot it. Right. Like you'll make 8% of those right. at a freeze fake and reposition your fingers on the ball accordingly while you're faking. And that allows you to do it. Some players, like my son, they like to find the seams. Mm-hmm. And so the fakes sometimes allow you to do that easier too. Uh, I don't teach that, but some guys do it, and I, I don't fight it. 
Um, it's just it's a sign of a mature player. I had a, I had a player years ago, Gerard, older guy, played the G League. He ended up being should have been the MVP. Was first team All League. Actually, back to back years, he was first team All League in different positions. And it, he was you know he was in his mid twenties at this point. Mm-hmm. And he's playing against younger guys. And he's an athletic dude at six foot nine, but he he saved his energy. Mm-hmm. And he would just fake. He would be at the rim. And and I and I could see the defender measuring him. Well, so could he. Yeah, yeah. Boop, little fake. The player goes <laughs> flying. Easy layup. It was like a joke. That's how Jimmy Butler looks like. It looks like he's the varsity player playing with JV guys. Yeah, no, it it it, it is masterful. Um, I want a couple of things before we move on from this series. Uh, Jalen Brown, um, in his post game presser, I was just talking about the loss, and he said, "Look, you know, they're playing well above their means. They're balling right now, and I got to give them respect." guys that we should be able to keep under control are playing their asses off. And he's specifically speaking about Vincent Robinson, Caleb Martin, and Max right, Truce. Right. And that's what you referenced earlier. If those guys beat us, okay. But we ain't letting Tatum, right? Like, that's 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 the whole point. They can't get those guys wide open. Under, but it's, hey, you're unable to keep those guys in check, right? It's happening. And then Gary Washburn, who, uh, Boston Globe, who covers, covers the Celtics, um for for a long time he tweeted out something i thought was interesting and again this ties into what we've been talking about all year with jalen jalen brown is biting his tongue from telling his truth you can tell he has a lot on his mind there's some real issues in that locker room and i'm like all right when the dudes who follow the team around and like gary and those guys who really know what's going on start saying things and again we've said things that we have heard from afar but we're not there day in day out of practices something is up and i just feel like Look, we're not calling for anybody to get fired, but something's going to happen this summer. I don't know what, but something. That's all I'm saying. You know, you and I haven't discussed this this exact thing, but I really, it really bothers me to. I don't know this guy, Gary, and I'm not saying he's wrong, but no fucking clue. No, no fucking uh, uh, surprise. They just got drilled for. They lost two straight at home against the eight seed. Right. Like, thanks, Gary, and got really? drilled again in game three. Come on. Like, either give us something or leave right. it alone. Give us the thing, right? Right. Like, and I understand why he can't, so don't fucking write it. Right, so don't say it, yeah. Don't yeah, say that, it. that shit, and, you, and, and, I'm, and I'm on the media. I, I want to protect people. Uh, sometimes you got to pick it, pick it, pick it before you can break it open. But mm-hmm. I just, like, we don't, you, you didn't advance the story one right. bit. We know something's wrong. Right. Tell, it, tell us what the so thing is. obvious the house is on fire. <laughs> the fucking Knicks won two games from them. They got <laughs> trilled by the Hawks a month ago. Well, a month and a half ago. So that kind of bothers me. Yeah, we Tatum looked kind of unhappy. Who looks happy getting bit. drilled? Well, no, no, he just, well, right. no one should anyway. Right, and they didn't. I thought Marcus Smart competed hard. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we, know, we talked about Brown seems, seemed unhappy, and now he's in a situation where he's going to get paid an awful lot of money. Maybe I, we speculated this. When there was rumors that Tatum said – when there was rumors that KD was okay with going right, to Boston, right. the, the assumption is Tatum was asked and okay with it. Right. And that had to include a Brown. So it's all speculation right. that Brown knows Tatum was okay with me getting traded. All right, fuck that. Meanwhile, Brown's had a bunch of great games in this postseason. No doubt. No they doubt. just beat a fantastic Philadelphia team who's good enough to be a champion. Right. They, they just, they've been steamrolled. And we can search all we want. The reality is they've had trouble guarding a Miami team that's absolutely found its rhythm. And Miami with Spolstra and with Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry and Martin and and Vincent and Bam, Mm -hmm. those guys, that's why I think they can beat Denver. And we'll deal with that when it comes. 
Yep. Maybe as early as Thursday, we're talking about it. <laughs> yes. I uh, they I think they can scheme up defensively better yeah. than anyone else has seen against Denver. You've run you run up against a team. We see this in the NCAA tournament all the time. We see this like in college baseball and college sports uh, with a more one and done situations than than NBA or professional sports. You've seen it in football too. A team just fucking found its rhythm. If this yeah. if this Miami team was able to play like this all year, which is possible. Right. They'd have won 60 games. Correct. They'd have been the one team, maybe. <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, they beat Milwaukee like a drum. Like a drum. Right? They really beat up the Knicks pretty good. Mm-hmm. And here they are about potentially sweeping. I mean, the odds are they're going to sweep Boston. They're at home in game four. They're on the road in game Correct. four. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. They're going to win in four or five, probably. Yeah. Uh, um, four or five. Or four or six, I should say, probably. It's funny that you said this is not the NCAA tournament. Well, or you said, but if a team gets hot, right? Like yeah. in the NCAA tournament, you'll lose. Yeah. Well, LeBron says something interesting. This ain't the NCAA tournament. It's not one and done. It's first to four. Well, LeBron, Denver's at three. So they are one away, literally in an NCAA tournament. One game, single elimination. That's where you are from four. So we'll talk about that series uh, when we get back. This episode of True Hoop is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey, guys. Gerard from True Hoop here. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do? It's a hell of a question. Would you maybe go for a run, take a nap, read a book, or maybe show up for a friend? Now, depending on the day, any one of those would be a great idea. Most of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Now, I've been open in the past with you guys about this. I see a personal therapist as well as a couple therapist for my partner and I. And both are extremely helpful in developing positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TrueHoop today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TrueHoop. Um, you, David, had liked the Lakers all year. You liked their roster before they made all the yep. changes. And you liked it again. And, you know, and we saw reasons to like it. They finished the end of the season strong. Um, they looked very good in the first round, uh, beating up on my poor Memphis Grizzlies. And they took out the defending champion Golden State Warriors. And we're like, man, this is, look what's happening. But it seems to me, David, that Denver has some questions that they pose that the Lakers haven't figured out how to answer. And or there is an answer and they just haven't gone to it yet for whatever reason. And well, we only got one game left. So if you have the answer, now would be the time to employ those answers because you lose tonight and it's you know, time to go home. Still, I think remarkable uh, turnaround for this team, considering where they started the year, 2-10. and 10, We were literally thinking, oh, man, are they going to get a crappy – are they going to miss the playoffs? And is their pick going to end up in New Orleans because they're so bad? That's where we were in, like, December, right? We are like, oh, this is toast. Okay, they, they've turned around. Um, I think part of the issue for them is they've gotten great role play, but the role players work only when – your two stars are elite. Anthony Davis has been very, very good, not quite elite. And LeBron has not been elite. 
And so I think, you know, that 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 slippage there in, in those two spots are enough because it's not like they've gotten blown out, right, every single game. I mean, those, those first two no. games, were, right? So, I mean, it's just it's just these smaller margins. And, again, the likelihood of the – everyone says don't put anything past LeBron, and I don't. But the odds of him winning four straight at this stage of his career against this team, yeah. highly unlikely. At last, altitude. At high altitude. And the last thing I'll say is – and you know we're big on this, it's true. The top four players in, uh, in terms of total minutes played in the playoffs are Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. What do those four players all have in common? They're they on won, teams. They haven't won a game in the finals yet. Correct. <laughs> They're on teams that have not won one single game in these finals. And I think that matters. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of factors. I think that's one of them. Uh, LeBron's 38 is the biggest one. Uh, he smoked a layup. He didn't even complain about fouling. Uh, by the way, Boston, I tweeted this. Like, they're, they were out of sorts last night. I, I mean, they were so focused on the officials mm-hmm. right away. After and every I, call. I thought, I thought that was a sign of, oh, man, they're up against it. We don't they, have it. They, mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they just, there's something unconscious going on. Um, LeBron smoked a layup in the fourth quarter against Jokic. Where I, and the old LeBron definitely dunks the ball. The older LeBron lays it up off the board pretty easily, I thought. Mm-hmm. The oldest LeBron, which is the guy that we saw in game three, smoked it, didn't hit the rim. Backboard, mm-hmm. bounced out the yep. other side, never hit the rim. Uh, he made his first three mm-hmm. out of like 19 or yeah. so in the fourth quarter. Um, so that's, I mean, what are we talking about here? There's really, we're not just with the Lakers series anymore. <laughs> if LeBron is in LeBron, what, what, like, what, what are they? Yeah, they're, right. they ate, they're the Pelicans. <laughs> <laughs> they're better than that. <laughs> so the Pelicans with Drew anyway. Um, they, they are really talented, but against yes. the number one seeded West, Right, you're not. Against the best player in the world. Yeah. Like, they need LeBron to be something better than what he's been. Right. And, I, and of course, he's saying one game at a time, whatever. What choice do you have? They're not going to say we definitely can't win. Right. Yeah. And, and we have to allow. Yes. Because Human nature James. to set in. Mm-hmm. And? No, no, yeah. It's because LeBron James. There is that the legendary players have earned their legendary status by continuing to shock us. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say. Mm-hmm. So... You know, less than half of one percent, maybe. Right. It's not zero. Right. Right. It's not zero. Um, eh, it's close to zero, though. <laughs> but he, he, and AD are going to have to play their best game of the playoffs uh, tonight, and then also Just to win game four, and then also have some players on the Nuggets not play well. Right. right? Like, it's not just one. They also have to not play well. MPJ's been good. Yes, he has. Right. Been. Bruce Brown's been very good. Uh, uh, another player, second round pick, who Detroit. Bounced around. Anybody could have got this guy. Eh, well, we don't, you know. Can you coach him up? Can you recognize what does he do well? How does How can he we use him? Impact yeah. winning, as yeah. you mentioned before. Yeah. Because he does. He clearly impacts winning. Okay. Yeah. Do that. We want you to do that thing. And how do I empower you to do that thing? Well, what's funny too is in my article that I write this week, we're going to look at the drafts a little bit. I won't go into deep detail about the names just yet, but uh, no one's looking for the next Bruce Brown. <laughs> And uh, no one's looking for the next Gabe Vincent. Nope. They'll take the, the younger kid, typically, who's got upside mm-hmm. and will be in Poland in three years or four years. <laughs> you know? By the way, Gabe Vincent's draft is pretty talented. Yes. 2018 that's draft. That's the great draft. Is that, what, is that considered that? I don't follow it. 
it's, I just looked at the team like, man, there's a lot of good players. In this it, it is one of the great drafts. Yeah, that's the Luca, Jaron, like that's that's uh, I'm loaded. Lo- yeah, a whole that is, bunch of guys. Yes, that is an excellent he, draft. He uh, should have been a second round pick for sure. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. probably top thirty anyway, but definitely top thirty five. You know, there's not thirty five players brand them in the draft. There's a lot though. It was I an mean, impressive draft. Look, we are seeing the evidence right now. He is starring on a team that is one game away yeah. from the NBA Finals. And yeah. he's not some dude playing two minutes a night. Like, he's starting and playing intro. Like, yeah. He's a huge part of what they do. And what was Bruce Brown drafted? Second round. 40 uh, something, maybe? Yeah, in the 40s. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. They've really, but, they, they, the Nuggets, um, they kind of recovered pretty well from a rough end of season. Uh, helped by who their opponents have been. No doubt. Uh, in, in the second round, though, I mean, people thought um, they might have some trouble. Yeah. And, and they didn't. Um, the only trouble spot, I guess, is when it was 2-2. Yeah, Phoenix won games three and four, and, mm-hmm. and but then you know, Denver surged. It, that's an impressive win. I, I have my doubts about them versus Spo. I think it's a heavy lean to Spo over Malone. But we're not there yet. Let's get yeah, through. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, let's see. If one team wins game four and the other team does win to game six, that matters too. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. always these guys have some serious time off. Um, which, yeah. And which, I would love I, which, that. Which will be good for, bo- for both teams. Um, let's look at Denver and the importance of KCP, Bruce Brown, and Jeff Green. Jeff Green's been there for a, a couple seasons now. But the difference between having them as your role players as opposed to Monty Morris and Will Barton and Austin Rivers, right? And also, what's the big caveat is, Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray are healthy this go-round, right? Because remember, Morris and Barton had to slot up a level, right? When they probably would have, they would have been, not probably, if those guys were healthy, they would have been the role players. Right. But right. instead, they had to be the starters, right? Well, of course, they're not as good. But now, we've switched, and now we have guys who can play defense and facilitate on offense. I mean, Bruce Brown can hit threes and cuts to the rim, like, attacks with the, they race. When they make or miss. And Jokic, Slim Jokic, he's they really get the pushing. ball and they are pushing. He's really pushing. And you yeah. said this. You're like, oh, the scouting port was 100% run the Lakers ragged. Because yeah. they're old. Make yeah. those two do- old dudes tired. That's why I thought it was so important to L.A. win game one, or at least game one, and two, one or two. But I thought game one specifically um, because I thought it would be hard. I've said this every series they played. Yes, you have. That you got to get on top of them because I don't think they'll finish so great. And, and Denver got on top of them. And here we are. You know, they just, they were right there until the very end, kind of ran out of gas in the end of game four, get an end of court in the end of game three in the fourth quarter. We'll see what happens tonight. But, but, um, they just, it's hard to bring that energy knowing they've got to win four in a row. Um, and then on the Lakers end, Austin Reeves has been great. Rui Hachimura, they, the, the trouble that Ham seems to be having is the one way play of D'Lo and Vanderbilt, right? Both are good on opposite ends of the court, but yeah. just, and he can't find something where they're both giving enough on one end and they're passable on the other. It's just not – they're so, such minuses in, right. in, the, in the area they're not, and it's really hurting them. And you can see, they, they look for D'Lo on defense, clearly, like, let's get him. And then, oh, leave Bando open. He's not going to make any shots. And, you know, that's got to fuck with your mind at some point. Yeah, kind of running out of talent. Kind of running out of talent. Trusted talent. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it would be, I think, uh, just an exciting series to see the best player in the world, Nikola Jokic. And Denver also, David, is that team that we're used to seeing, right? In terms of their, you know, you, you're a little bit older than me. <laughs> um, but when we watched teams uh, as we were growing up, you kind of had to go through your playoff lumps, right? The Bulls kept butting their head up against the Celtics and Pistons, and they finally break through. Pistons kept losing the Celtics, 
finally breaks through. Well, this is Denver. They went to the conference finals uh, three seasons ago, lost in the semifinals the last two seasons. So they've had playoff lumps. So of all the teams like Miami, they've got continuity. They've And they've seen what it's like to lose and they've got the reference point. So I think it's nice to see a team like this not kind of panic, right? And sort of, oh my God, we got to the conference finals and we lost. Sell this guy, move this guy. Let's get somebody else in here. Like, around the edges, but they believe in their core, believe that if Murray got healthy, he'd be fine. And we have to mention, by the way, Jamal Murray's first half. Jesus Christ. Yeah, 25? Yeah, 30 at the half. He, Was um, it 30? 30, yes, 30 Jeez. at the half. He, uh, maybe more than any other player, and I think you said this morning on our call, has this ability to just go on this heater, and it's like everything's tough, good. Yeah, tough shot maker, but they're not shots that are like crazy. He he creates space, and he can make the 13, a state 17-footer, and it's like he's shooting in a driveway. Yes. Yeah, he, he can. He's really good at it. And when he is on that roll, it's like there's nothing. Right. I, it's just I, it's a, I when he shoots it, it's like when I'm watching KD. I'm like, I'm surprised it doesn't go in. I'm like, oh, you're on. Why well, didn't it sure. go in? I feel the like, same way. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's phenomenal. So shout outs to him. And yeah, I again to your point, maybe one of these teams wins a game here. But honestly, for the sake of the finals, I hope they both put put these teams out of their misery and tonight rest. and tomorrow night rest. and get rest, so they both have about equal footing. And we spend all week talking about, or two weeks almost, nine days, talking about how great this NBA Finals is going to be. I agree with you. Early, early preview. spoke for sure has a decided advantage uh, tactically, and that will win them some games. But I don't think the Finals will be a sweep. Uh, I, I don't I, either. Uh, you know, I think I think it'll it'll it should be a long series again, barring nobody being injured and all those fluky things that tend to happen uh, late in the season. Um, there was a. <laughs> There was a tweet that was sent out by uh, Katie Wingy, who is uh, the Denver Nuggets, um, one of their broadcast uh, uh, members. And it was Michael Malone after game three, if I'm not mistaken. You know, a lot of teams do this. He's like giving out the kudos like, you know, Kenny, you know, by the way, Contavious Caldwell Probst in that third quarter when Denver's offense was in a rut, kept them afloat. He was making huge shots. Yeah. So. He was getting props from Malone, of course, Murray for his first half. He purposely shouted out Michael Porter Jr. twice in his postgame and in the locker room um, with his, you know, yeah. good play. Because as we know, early MPJ is just hunting his own shot, right? That's all he's doing because that's that's what I am. I'm I'm the shooter scorer guy. He passed up shots a number of times in that game for a better shot for a wide open teammate. That's six assists. And that is growth for him. That yeah. is huge growth for him. Yeah. So they made a point to, to play that out. But you wanted to point out something about that whole exchange because it's not unique, right? Everyone does that. Yeah. It, 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 they, they, nothing against the uh, – God, I almost never criticize media people and ask the second time today. <laughs> but I just – yeah, the idea that, hey, look at this team. They're so loving mm-hmm. because they just beat L.A. in game three and probably won the series because it almost for sure did. And, yeah, so they celebrated. Great pass this and good job, Michael Porter Jr. and KCP. That doesn't impress me. You know, every team does that after a big win. I want to see how they're reacting when they get punched in the mouth or lose a game, which they did against Phoenix. That is fine for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like your video of Jimmy Jimmy Butler said what he was. Of course, Jimmy Butler said we'll be back next year. That's what you're supposed to say. Mm -hmm. He didn't point fingers, though. That's what you're not supposed to say. He did the right Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, I don't love that kind of, you know, you you pretend not to like the lovey-dovey stuff. I don't (laughs) love this this celebration for stuff that's so normal. Right, right. Um. 
I want to see how they do when things are bad. That's that's always my big so, thing. So what you want leaked is the video of the Celtics locker room after getting beat by a drum in game three. That's what you yeah. want to see. Or even just game two. I would yeah. like to see how they reacted in game two, uh, which I didn't see. Uh, well, clearly not well because they, yeah. they lost game three. Right. right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all. Um, Denver, Denver, you know, listen, they want to root for a champion and they have a great team. They, they have a wonderful team. They have a great superstar in Jokic, someone Maybe. who's, you know, Maybe. so they're, it's wonderful for, to, for them to root for. Um, a couple notes around the league. Um, there's talk where, you know, pebbles in the, in the water, so to speak. James Harden may return to the Houston Rockets. Um, look, we know he opted out of his deal, and we said this when he took less money at the time to, so they can get P.J. Tucker and get guys in here to compete. And they were, God, they were, what, three minutes away from getting to the conference finals? Yeah, don't take them crazy. <laughs> right. Um, we said that, okay, but there's got to be some wink-wink deal with his buddy Daryl. I'm getting my money at some point. Well, Harden's going to want his money, and so it'll be interesting to see. I think they have a couple of things to answer in Philly. Who's going to be the head coach? And I think that's going to play into whether or not Harden's there, um, and then that will then d- deliver the next step. And then how much does Daryl and and uh, James's agent agree to? You know, he's probably – he's not probably. He's probably in line for – $40 million a year deal, something like that. I've heard the, the number 200 million. Okay, so, okay, five years of 200 is 40 million a year. So, uh, I know you would not do that if you were a GM. You would not give that to him. I would not. We, we shall see. Um, yeah. We know Houston has cat money. So, if they, they can certainly do it if, uh, if Philly doesn't do it. It's, it's going to depend on who they hire as a coach. Like, that's yes. the first step, right? That's the first, first step. step is who they hire as a coach. Um, we know all the names that have been floated around out there, Monty Williams, Nick Nurse, this, that, and the third, all, all the guys basically who are unemployed right now, who just got fired. It's the same cycle. A name that to keep in mind, it's who Maury had his best success with in Houston. Is Mike Kevin McHale? <laughs> Mike Antonio. I'm it's sorry. Mike Antonio. No, it's good. Kevin McHale. Yeah. <laughs> um, Victor Wembanyama. We have heard some reports that he's going to get mentored, some, some some level of mentorship from Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. Well, I, you're the perfect person to talk to about this because, you know, as a coach myself, mentorship is huge and I believe in it. Yeah. I would like to know what the structures and parameters are because he doesn't need 95 people in his ears telling him what to do. He's already got good people. Right. He's an impressive young man. Very impressive young man who just, I think, won a playoff game the other day. Yes, yes. played, played yeah. very well. 22-10 yeah. and 5. Yeah, right 5 or 6. I think Hollinger called it on the internet. Um, yeah, I, I think that he's got a really good team in place already. The Spurs clearly want to connect to the past. It's smart marketing. I'm not <laughs> sure how involved they'll be. He knows Tony because he used to play for mm-hmm. his team. Mm-hmm. But um, who wouldn't want to see Tim Duncan mentoring him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. The, the, the right guy will give him the right sort of like understanding and like, you know, it's also, I do wonder, do you, and again, I, I don't know what it's like to coach him. You know, one of the things that pop works well for him is that he's able to mother F everybody on the team, including Tim Duncan and manager Nobly and Tony Parker. He doesn't um, do it very much anymore. I've told. Okay. He doesn't mother F as much. Okay. Not as much, yeah. He picks his moments. <laughs> okay. More. Yeah. Okay. He was, well, more, because- he was less judicious when he was younger. Because there's there's a school of thought that a lot of the, as people call them, new dudes, these, these younger kids, don't like to be mother effed <laughs> all that much. Um, and so that a kind of old school military drill sergeant way of doing things may not work with these younger breed of kids. And I'm like, I think it's all athlete dependent, right? Like if you understand what it is and if, if 
pop and he have a relationship and to what you said they go out and have dinner and that, like, or all the things to know oh when he mother f's me it's because i really messed up and right or is he right. just mother effing just the mother right. f right don't like, listen to the tone don't listen to the curse words try to get the teaching point okay right. correct yeah um an important note i mean <laughs> if you Forgive you if you didn't if you thought it was already true, but Carmelo Anthony announced his retirement uh, today officially. Um, David, it, and this is not about no, he never won a title, all those kinds of things. One of the best bucket getters, right? We've ever seen in this game. You listen, you're down, and you get the get the ball to Carmelo, 17 feet out. I'm almost positive we're going to get a, sh- a, a not only a shot, probably a score, because in his prime. That jab, stab, drip, like, I mean, it was money. I mean, I'm sure if I look it up, the, the expected point per possession was like 1.2 or something crazy like that. He, a phenomenal player, Olympic mellow, hoodie mellow, you know, all the wonderful, like, he was what, I mean, let's go back to Syracuse when he won the NCAA title as a freshman, most outstanding player. He was so freaking good. Hall of Famer, 10-time All-Star, six-time All-NBA, uh, just a terrific, terrific player. Congrats to Melo on a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, beloved, beloved player for a lot of players who grew mm-hmm. up loving him. Um, amazing offensive player. Really special, so special, good. special. Yeah. Uh, ninth all time in the NBA in scoring. Which That's fucking That good. is. I mean, I love gee, it. you know how good you got to be to be top yeah. 10 all time in this league yeah. and fucking Ninth all time in scoring and NCAA champion as a freshman. That's a nice little ring to it. Pretty good. It's not a bad life. Yeah. And $300 million or whatever the fuck he made over his career. Yeah. <laughs> Not, yeah, not he bad. Did well. He did well. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Enjoy the games tonight, and we will see you all on Thursday. Take care.